You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. This week was all about the triumphant return of one man and one moment. The 72nd hole and walk up with the players and you have to walk through uh, a lot of the gallery. Nothing like it in sports, really. And have we ever seen anything like this in golf? Well, look at this scene. Ben Hogan. Probably the most famous comeback in golf, if not in sports. But I'll tell you what, today you couldn't tell this huge throng that this comeback isn't almost as special. Tiger, I think, is getting a kick out of this. He really is like, wow, this is something I've never seen. Something we have all never seen, man, from arrested to DUIs. To the Thanksgiving incident where he and his wife role-played The Shining with a nine iron and seven axe. To him doubting earlier this year whether he'd even ever play again. To this Sunday, last past Sunday, winning the Tour Championships, one of the most competitive tournaments that's not a major. And that scene was amazing. Just thousands and thousands of people behind him as he walked uh, up the 18th uh, fairway. Even Rory, who was with him, you could see he had uh, he'd reverted to a childlike state. It was amazing. Like Rory just had this big smile on his face the whole time walking up. He passed the cameraman and he goes, just holy shit. Listen to me. <laughs> Even Rory was like, wow. Like, it really, you've never seen anything like it. Like thousands of people more than Trump's inauguration, you know? It looked just like Moses leading the Israelites <laughs> out of Egypt. And stuff you can almost see like Yul Brenner in the chariot behind him like like it's biblical you know you couldn't even kill him is God is God <laughs> that's Ramses Ramses at the parting of the Red Sea which coincidentally is also the last time Tiger has won a tournament like, if you look at the last time he actually won, it was at Bridgestone in 2013. And the last time he won a major uh, was at 2008 at Torrey Pines. So, last time he won a major, I had hair and hopes and dreams. <laughs> but it was amazing, man. His God is God. You know? Like, since 2008, you know, people consider Dustin Johnson largely to be uh, the world's best player. I think since 2008, he has 19 wins, which is pretty good. You know who's second? Tiger with 18. And he's only played like four of the past 10 years. You know, and I know how people say like, 
like Tiger's era sucks. There was nobody competitive in Tiger's era. He had nobody to play. They said the same thing about Joe Lewis in his era as well. It's like maybe Tiger and Joe Lewis were just that good to make everybody else look like flunky asshole losers. You know, like he just beat the 30 top golfers in the world and had a year where he was top 10 in most majors and tournaments. Like for most guys, that would be a career year and maybe even a career. You know, like he had a better year than Spieth this year. Like I think he finished second in the FedEx uh, rankings this year. And everybody agrees what we just saw was flashes of the old Tiger. If you would have had old Tiger on the rails, baby, he would have absolutely dominated. And, dude, he just might. He still might. You know, like all these young guys who say they want to go against Tiger, like Spieth was like, it's not the same as when Tiger was good. Rory was like, nobody's afraid of Tiger anymore, like in the old days. You don't think Tiger hears that? Oh, baby, he hears it. Listen to this. I hadn't played against me yet. And uh, I think that when, when my game is, is there, I'm, uh, I feel like I've always been a, a tough person to beat. And uh, they've, they've been jokingly s saying that, you know, we you know, want to go against you. All right, here you go. <laughs> I have a golf erection, people. There is a storm brewing, and I think it's going to send all over Augusta, Georgia, spring of 2019, Georgia-era cocktail waitresses. Watch out. Hurricane Tiger is brewing, baby. You know? And I love how everybody's like, oh, the players are so much better these days. Well, uh, you know, they they might be, but I honestly don't see a dominant golfer in the bunch. I mean, DJ's great. He's fine. He's up and down like everybody else. I thought Rory was going to come out and dominate. Rory came out strong a couple of years, then he faded. Then I thought Spieth was going to come out and dominate. And holy shit, like he came out at Augusta just like Tiger did and matched his round. That was amazing. Next year, doing the same damn thing. You know, and then he biffed it <laughs> when he was up three strokes. We had like, what, that triple or quadruple? And we haven't heard from him again. You know, obviously he's still great and wins tournaments, but not at that same, you know, threatening level of dominance that he was at. So I think Tiger's going to be back. And these young guys, you know, who are just waiting and hoping, oh, we want to play the real Tiger. Careful what you wish for, baby. Because I think Tiger is here again. And one more note. We have a friend, Andy Gigax, who for years, like people were so happy that Tiger won. Like my dad, my brother, I overheard him talking on the phone. He goes, how was your weekend? He goes, oh man, it was great. Tiger won. I was so happy. Like, we have this thing in our family, like, white people love Tiger Woods. Like, even in the Trump era, he's, like, the one guy that they love, you know? They were, It doesn't matter. My dad was golfing, and it was during the U.S. Open. Kepka was up a few strokes, and Tiger was right there. He goes, oh, damn it, Kepka. Can't you just eat it and let Tiger win? Like, even Republicans love him, man. Maybe Tiger Woods can unite this country, bro. Yeah. Cheers, bro. <laughs> Tiger is back. Moving on. We also had a great day of NFL football. And debuting our Power Five for this week is me. Because I'm the only one here. And I'm the only one you need, baby. Yeah, here's your top five NFL of the week. 
Number one, you have the Rams, who have just been absolutely dominant with Sean McVay and his smoking hot girl. Congratulations to you, Sean McVay. Number two, you have the Chiefs with my homie, Patrick Mahomes. Who told you about Patrick Mahomes? Fans of the show who have been listening know that I've been beating the drum on Patrick Mahomes ever since our NFL preseason preview. He already he has the best arm maybe in the history of the NFL. He throws the best ball that I've ever seen. You know, and he may already be one of the great 15 quarterbacks of all time. I'm not even lying to you. The Chiefs at number two. And at number three, four, and five is Baker Mayfield. Okay? Because honestly, those are the two, only two good teams in the league right now. Like, nobody else deserves it. Everybody else is kind of middle of the road, and I'm not even sure about the Chiefs' defense. You know? So one and two goes to the Rams and Chiefs. And three through five go through Baker Mayfield. It is NFL report card time, everybody. NFL report cards. Yeah. A 51? How can you get a 51 in weight training? And what's this intern thing? You got a 55. Yeah. <laughs> That's a kid who played a fake uh, prank on his dad that he got a 51 and all these bad grades on his record. A 51 in weightlifting. I love old Midwestern dads, man. That was the worst day. It was report card day. But not for Baker Mayfield, who gets an A this week because Baker Mayfield is clearly the best quarterback in Cleveland. And after LeBron, the new Cleveland Pope, the guy looked great, man. What can you say? First game out, he looked like a combination. People say Drew Brees. I do not see Drew Brees, okay? I see, like, and they say Brett Favre. That's true, but I see more Steve Young. Like, I see a combination of Steve Young and Brett Favre. Like, he's Steve Favre or Brett Young. I don't know. You take your pick. But the most efficient quarterback in the history of college football, which he was, remained efficient. And not only that. This dude throws the ball with some serious velocity. Like, serious velocity. Like, he had some David slingshotting Goliath type shit on that. You know? Like, right in Goliath's eye. Just a boom, bukake, right there. Like, he throws that ball hard. And Jarvis Landry, bless him. Jarvis Landry, bless him. See, I can't say bless him. I can't say Jarvis Landry without saying bless him. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who is a G. Okay? He's an absolute G. You know, call him a whore because he catches everything. All right? By Baker Mayfield ripped one towards him. Just ripped one towards him. And even Jarvis was surprised. It hit him right in the chest, man. Some serious velocity. So an A for Baker Mayfield. Excited to watch you for the rest of the season. One person we will not be watching for the rest of the season is Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy gets a C this week for the C and Jimmy G's A-C-L. But Jimmy Tech's girlfriend may get an A just for simple pettiness <laughs> and comeback. So when Jimmy tours ACL, uh, Alex Rose is her name. She IG storied a karma and a laugh. My favorite was then Then she posted a screenshot from a text combo with with your mom. And here's Alex Rose's mom. Ha, 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 ha. Karma, karma, karma. Don't F with my daughter. Payback a bitch. 
Yeah. The most interesting part of that to me is she spells daughter D-O-T-T-E-R. What? What? And I see this a lot. Like when you see on these websites, like uh, these Texas states, nobody knows how to spell anymore. And apparently they can't write in cursive. My children were writing cursive. God damn it. What are we, savages? Do we live in the barn? Are we feral? Huh? Do we have sex in the dirt and on the ground? No, we're civilized people. Right in cursive. All right? Please. Yeah, but, but apparently she had every reason to be upset after uh, Garoppolo was spotted on a date with a porn star almost twice his age. So maybe, you know, maybe she wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> so a C to Jimmy Garoppolo and an A to his girlfriend because we love pettiness. Here at Fanatics, man, because pettiness is very entertaining. And let's be honest, it is honest. Moving up next, we have an A to Avengers actor, Anthony Mackie. I met this dude at the Laugh Factory. Like, he's a chill dude, but he's, like, tiny, man. It's like, you're Falcon, dude? Like, I'm pretty sure I could take you, and I'm a pussy. You know what I mean? But maybe I'm wrong. He was, uh, he's a Saints fan, and he was at the Falcons game when this drunk Falcons fan uh, came up to him and he's a, he's a Saints fan and Mackie got him pretty good after he was giving him shit. Here he is. Look, one thing about it, when you're in Atlanta, I don't care if you're a celebrity, we're on the Avengers, you ain't welcome. You ain't welcome. Rise up, baby. Like he's behind Anthony Mackie just yelling at him and Mackie's doing his best to ignore him in a Saints jersey until he just can't anymore. We don't want you. Rise up, baby. Let's go. Rise up. There disappoint in your father. He raised you to be better than this. Oh. Be a better man. Hey. Be the best Mama. man that you can hey. be. Rise up, baby. Be a better man. Rise you're disrespecting the ladder. When you're in the right A, now, you represent said, the A. Sir, I'm sorry that your sperm turned out to he's be sorry this. He's, a, he's <laughs> sorry he's an A. <laughs> I'm sorry your sperm turned out to be this. I love how he's appealing to his sensibilities. Like, remember your father. Be dignified. And he just doesn't give a fuck. He's going to steamroll right through. He doesn't give a shit. But an A to Mackie, he handled that brilliantly. And to Drew Brees as well. You know, who's going to, I guess, break every record there is. And to Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, who was the laughing stock of the NFL there for a bit. Like, there are, like, these little undercurrent stories that go on in the league that don't always make it to the media. But people in the league are talking about and one of those is that the OC uh, offensive coordinator for the Falcons, Steve Sarkaz Sarkeesian, was an asshat. But his Falcons made him look pretty good this week, even in a loss. So an A to all those guys. But do you know who we give an F to? Who do we give an F to? I want to call the Arizona Cardinals to the podium, please. All right, first academic alert, Wiggum Ralph. No, no, Ralph. This means you're failing English. Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> All right. An F to you. I didn't even get him bothered to know who's running the Cardinals. 
I'm pretty sure one of them is Michael Bidwell, who's an asset. The other one got a DUI. <laughs> and the coach has no idea what he's doing. Like, they put in Josh Rosen in the worst time to put in a rookie quarterback. You know, they were down 14-16 to 16 in the third, fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, and you put him in where all the pressure is going to be on Rosen in his first start. You know, that doesn't make any sense, as opposed to what the Browns did. They put Baker in when they were down 17. Now, granted, that happened because Terod Taylor had to, like, broke his knee or tore his ACL or whatever. But it's a terrible situation to put a rookie in. You know, instead of Rosen getting prep and everything, he comes in with the game on the line and throws a pick in the second-to-last drive. And then on the defining drive, he gets he gets sacked on the fourth down. So I will start next week, but I look out for Rosen, okay? Our nose shapes share a common lineage. We're Hindus after all. So it bothers me that the people running the Cardinals don't know what the hell they're doing. I think these are the same guys who ran Blockbuster. You know what I mean? You know the Netflix guy tried to sell to Blockbuster like whenever in 2005 for like a million dollars? And they not only turned him down, they laughed him outside of the room. Okay, so who knows? Maybe your idea for a solar-powered flashlight is good. Did I say flashlight or flashlight? I don't know. <laughs> NAD, speaking of, to the worst decision in the last three years, which was the Cowboys to sit Tony Romo in his final season for Dak Prescott, you know, you had Tony Romo, who I think is one of the underrated players in the history of the game. He absolutely had enough in the tank to go that last year. Why wouldn't you see where he would go? The one drive that he played, he threw a touchdown pass on. You know, and if he would have gotten hurt, fine. You had Dak right there. And if you think this is dumb, I think you might as well have replaced uh, Tony Romo with Brock Osweiler. Crazy, you say? Crazy? I think not. Here are the two stats for Dak Prescott and Brock Osweiler over the last 13 games. 2,400 passing yards for Dak Prescott. 2,300 for Brock Osweiler. 10 pass CDs for Dak Prescott. 11 pass CDs for Brock Osweiler. 11 INTs for Dak and 12 for our man Brock. Huh? What the hell are you doing, Cowboys? A big old fat D to yo and an A. To South Park, who is back and on our airwaves. And whenever that happens, I always feel more comfortable with life because the world just makes a little bit more sense. And specifically, an A for the South Park, uh, for South Park's constant bashing of the New England Patriots. It's just like the most perfect thing. Like, talk about petty. The guys in South Park know how to go petty like nobody else. You know, like, it's so deep, too. Like, it's a pathological hatred of the Patriots. And I just love it because I share the exact same thing. Like, I love the episode where Cartman is like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. You know? He's telling these, he's got to get these uh, kids, these grades up, and he's telling these inner city kids it's okay to cheat on the test because Bill Belichick did it. This is Bill Belichick, coach of the New England Patriots. He's won three Super Bowls. How? He cheated. He even got caught cheating, and nobody cared. 
Bill Belichick proved that in America it's okay to cheat, as long as you cheat your way to the top. Alright, now, when Bill Belichick got caught with his camera, he did not panic. He simply said what every good white cheater says when caught. I misinterpreted the rules. <laughs> I misinterpreted the rules. Also, shout out to Cartman's uh, Mexican accent, I think, is what that is. And here's Cartman uh, on Tom Brady, who is his hero. Yeah, where's the Eric Cartman we know? The Eric Cartman we know breaks the rules, and he gets away with it. Just like his hero. Come on, who's your hero, Cartman? <sighs> Tom Brady. Right, and what does Tom Brady do after breaking the rules? Deny and subvert. Yeah! Yeah, what? Well, what would Tom Brady say if he got caught shoplifting? Everybody shoplifts, why are you coming down on me? Yeah! <laughs> You're Tom Brady, Cartman. And that new principal in there is the football commissioner trying to dictate his punishment to you. And what happens when an invulnerable cheater comes up against an elitist corporate dictator? Perfect storm of hypocrisy that everyone in the country has to deal with for months on end. Yeah! You're right, guys. I'm gonna Tom Brady this thing. Yeah! I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you're not giving me four days of detention. You're only giving me one. Yeah! No, no, to hell with that. You're giving me no days detention. And then I'm gonna go home and my hot wife. It's not even that hot. Kind of looks like a dude. Yeah! <laughs> Thanks, guys. I almost forgot the lessons that football has taught us all. I can get around these pesky rules. Butters, I'm going to need your underwear. That is the true lesson of football. I can get around these pesky rules. And butter, uh, Butters, I'm going to need your underwear, man. I love that. Why are you coming down on me? Everybody does it. And I may have said many of the similar things about Tom Brady in private conversations. You know, here's here's one more. This is when Cartman. This one's like deep, actually. Like if you follow the NFL kind of at an administrative level, you know how much of an ass clown Roger Goodell is just all time. Like I've never met anybody who could bungle everything. Like, every test and challenge that has come along his way just completely fucked it. Just ass fucked it. You know, bungled everything. But Brady and Belichick are clowns, too. So this is, uh, this is uh, Cartman. He's on his deathbed, and this is his vision. His nightmare, I should say. I may be down, but I'm not out. Tom Brady's never out. You broke the rules. Fuck you, I broke the rules. You breaking the rules. Fuck you, you broke the rules. So he's having a conversation as Tom Brady to Roger Goodell as himself. <laughs> you broke the rules. How you found out I broke the rules. Yeah, you broke the rules. I'm commissioner. I can break the rules because you guys broke the rules before. But I didn't bust you enough. Just because you didn't bust us enough for breaking the rules, that doesn't mean you can break the rules busting us now. Nah. Fuck both of you guys. I can do whatever I want. I'm breaking the rules. Fuck you. I'm Tom Brady. Fuck you. I'm the commissioner. I'll make up new rules. Fuck you, rules. Fuck you guys. You're fucking rules. Fuck all the rules. 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 Butters. I'm here, Eric. Oh, Butters. I've lived such a horrible life. Always doing whatever I want and claiming it to be for integrity. Butters. Yes, Eric. I'm never going back to the person I was. I swear to God. From now on, the world is going to know a new and better Eric Cartman. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it so much. And it's, like, deep. Like I said, it's so deep. Like, even their video game, this is the... If you try to enter a cheat code, I love this. This is the response that you get. The cheat code, by the way, is, is fuck your mom. Hey, Tom Brady, you want to play the game or do you just want to be known as a smug cheating bitch the rest of your life? I love it. 
I think South Park is exactly where the country should be, man. It's perfect. And that's why nobody fucks with it. God damn it. That's why nobody fucks with it. You know what I mean? Like, how much shit did South Park do that would get other people in trouble? And nobody even goes after them. Because they know if you start shit with South Park, it's probably not going to go well. And Randy episodes are the best. I fucking love Randy. Is there anybody funnier on TV than Randy? Just give me 20 seconds of Randy, baby. Hit me, Tommy. 20 seconds of Randy. For what? Arresting me for what? I'm not allowed to stand up for myself? I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I love it, man. Like, the first video I ever downloaded, I think it was 28K modem. It took forever. It wasn't even... It was a Mr. Hankey episode of South Park, but it wasn't even the episode. It was the clip, Mr. Hankey. I'm pretty sure it took me, like, 17 hours just to download it. And if you don't know Mr. Uh, Hankey, he was an anthropomorphic piece of shit that loved Christmas. That was our generation. You know, we came in a good time. We had like Eminem and Jackass. Like every every generation pushes further than the last one does in terms of what's controversial. Like one time, it's crazy. Like Elvis's hips were once controversial. You know, like how do you get more controversial than Cartman's mom is a big fat whore? You can't. <laughs> like, you can't push beyond that envelope without getting into, like, necrophilia or something. And I think that's why this generation is soft and oily, why their skin bristles if it touches anything controversial, because there's nowhere else for them to go. How do you rebel against that? It's like you become more moral and offended or something, which is the new generation. Like, they have that in common with, like, people born in the 30s, you know? It's like that same... Pardon my sensibilities attitude. It's like we live in Victorian England or something now. You know, anyways, God bless South Park and especially the Randy episodes. Everyone is amazing. So big A to South Park, whose new episode tonight is, I think, on school shooting, and I'm sure will be hilarious. And speaking of Bill Bailey cheat and the Patriots, a big. You're a cheater. Yes. If you cheat and succeed, you're savvy. Exactly. A big D to that cheater uh, to, and to the Patriots who got smoked by the Lions in Detroit. Like, I'm telling you, all is not well in Gillette Stadium. And Guru Sean says that he thinks that both Belichick or Brady uh, think they might be better off without the other. And it's an interesting question. If one party were to leave the Patriots, who would it be? You know, I think a lot of people would assume that it would be Brady. But I don't think so. I actually think it would be Belichick. You know, they already have Josh McDaniel set up as a successor there. Right? And Belichick can go. I'm 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 thinking of a couple of places right now off the top of my head that you know, he just might fit in and maybe he has just a little bit of history there. Like, oh, I don't know. The New York Giants. Perhaps, or maybe even a lot of people think uh, due to what happened that this would be a cold day in hell before this happened, but maybe even the New York Jets, you know, 
Like, I hate the Patriots, but somehow I love Bill Belichick. <laughs> I don't know how that works. You know, like I saw a clip of him uh, this weekend before the Detroit game, and he's walking out of the tunnel, and there's these little kids right there, and everyone's giving him high fives. Belichick just stone cold looks at him. You know? Just stone cold looks at him, looks him dead in the eye, and walks right past him. You know, like the parents of a Parkland shooting survivor trying to confront Brett Kavanaugh. Just <laughs> walk right by him. So a big D to them, man. But an A to Eagles fans. And I shall tell you why. I shall tell you why. All my shit is not fucking queued up. Tommy! An A to Eagles fans. Like, uh, I watch games sometimes at Sycamore Tavern, which is here in Hollywood. There's no good um, sports bars in Hollywood. There's none. There's none whatsoever. It's it's a goddamn travesty. That and the lack of public transportation. Both of those things should have been built in the 1930s. But, like, I have this thing. Like, wherever I live, I just tend to find a shitty bar. You know, I love shitty bars. You know why? Because nobody bothers you at a shitty bar. Nobody's trying to be trendy or douchey. People are just sad. You know, sure, the women are scary. But you can get work done in a place like that. And the drinks are cheap. So I was sitting there watching uh, the Colts-Eagles game, watching Andy Luck's arm dink and dunk down the field. You know, which just, excuse me, we traded the greatest quarterback to ever touch a pair of balls. I'm talking about human balls, let alone footballs, for this. Not even traded him. We cut him. You know, and if there was one thing questionable about Andy Luck coming out of college, it was his arm strength. Like, he would kind of float balls, but it was okay because they got there. It was very unique. But I just remember thinking, this is not the type of arm strength that's going to age well, which I was telling everybody. You know, and now the Colts have gotten him injured because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It was almost as bad as Ralph Wiggum running the Arizona Cardinals. They got him injured a bunch. So his arm now is probably like where it would be when he was 37 without any of the injuries. So after the big after the Colts for that, you know, like luck couldn't even make that Hail Mary throw at the end of the game. They had to bring in Jacoby Brissett. You know, but the ball fell flat. And lo and behold, I heard in my ears something I've not heard since watching soccer over in the old continent. And that was Eagles fans, like, chanting and singing like this shit. I thought it was so cool. Like, that is so cool, man. I've said for years, American bars are missing drinking songs and so are American sports. I was in Dublin. I think I can tell you this story. I think the statute of limitations on passport felony is like five years. So I can tell you, but maybe I shouldn't tell you everything. But I was in Dublin, right? And I walk into this bar and these old guys are like singing in unison. 
It was it was like the most cliche. They had the fucking Guinness and the Jameson shots. It was the greatest fucking thing I ever saw. We need that in this country, man. Like the closest you get to that is like when they play like Garth Brooks. I've got friends in low places or I love this bar and shit. You know, that's the closest we get. Right. Which I listen to all forms of music. but Oh, God. Fucking modern country. It's just like so sweet. It's too sweet, man. It's like so sweet. It'll make your teeth rot. It's just oh, way overproduced and saccharine. Like, give me that old country like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. You know, when those guys were all cool and stuff and been mysterious. Looks like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. I love that. Looks like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. I love that movie, Walk the Line. I love it and everything. And Reese Witherspoon is just so damn charming in that movie. Like in a bygone old showbiz kind of way. Vaudeville kind of way. Like she's amazing in that movie. And I love that line where they're all touring with the early Sun Records guys. It's like Elvis is on the tour, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, Johnny Cash and his guys. And like Johnny Cash's bass player spills out of the car they've been sharing with Elvis. He takes a piss. It's like, God dang, man. I can't listen to that Elvis anymore. All that kid ever talks about is Poontang. I was like, that's so funny. Elvis is just like a long, young little Wayne. Yeah. It's like great movie. But I have a friend, Al Levitt, in college, who we like all ripped ripped a few bongies, a few bongs. Let's rip a few bongs, bruh. Go to the movies, which we did. And we went to go see that movie. And, like, afterwards, he's listening to the soundtrack of the movie, and we're all like, bro, why don't you just listen to the real songs? And he's like, oh, I like the movie soundtrack better than the actual songs. I was like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, this is why Trump is president. Kardashians got higher ratings than Mad Men. You know, it's like when my friend Justin showed up at Halloween dressed like Hunter Thompson, the famous writer. And he told everybody he was Johnny Depp from Fear and Loathing. It's like, that's a real person, dude. Hunter Thompson. And he's famous. It's like, nice. Oh, nice. What Halloween costume are you? Oh, I'm Jim Caviezel from Passion of the Christ. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ben Kingsley from Gandhi. It's crazy. But that Garth Brooks song is great, Friends in Low Places. That's the closest we get. But we need bar songs like Europe, and we need sports chants too. You know, Tommy, I know you love uh, you love soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you tell people? These chants are more, they're like so personalized. Like they're not just chants about the teams. They have chants about other teams and about individual players and shit too, right? Mr. Yeah, soccer yeah, with your tight jeans. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> wears tight-ass jeans. What? All these young guys <laughs> were fucking tight as jeans. You can see their little plums up front, you know? <laughs> Dressing like my English professor who was a huge lesbian. Shout out, she was super cool, though. We talked about the Cubs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about soccer chants, tight pants, Tommy. Oh, man, soccer chants are really fun. And sometimes you'll get a new player that the fans love and they'll write a new chant just for them. Yeah. And that's an important way to make them feel at home. And they have specific chants for all the rival teams that go back for like 30, 40 years. And sometimes teams will steal other teams' chants and then they'll get pissed at them. I don't know. It, it, it's a cool thing. 
Oh, I love that. It's like fan participation to another level. Yeah, and it just gives another reason to keep drinking in the fourth quarter. <laughs> exactly. You the know, when the game's <laughs> over in the fourth quarter, like we're just sitting there. You know, have you ever sung in unison with a group of people? It is the greatest thing. We'd close down this bar in Quadabouquet. Shout out Quadabouquet. It's where Wycliffe is from in Haiti. We would, we would sh- close out this bar every night singing uh, Bob Marley, man. Redemption song. The whole fucking bar. It's beautiful. If you've never sung in unison with a group of people, do it. Just don't join choir or I'll make fun of you. Yeah, redemption song. I loved it. And Tommy, you were there too for uh for the World Cup in France too, right? Oh yeah, that was crazy. Crazy, right? I mean, they were singing their national anthem and a whole bunch of other songs that I, I could not that, understand because it was a French. Chants are good unless you're in Nazi Germany. Then those chants. <laughs> Then they can go in a different direction. That's a good place to draw the line. That's a good place to draw the line. <laughs> but up until then, up until awesome. then, you're pretty good. Yeah, but these are pretty great. Um, I'm gonna take you through a few of the ones that I thought were hilarious. Uh, here's one, and these are mostly from the EPL. Uh, these uh, gentlemen want a certain part of their anatomy back. See if you can spot it. A dick back. We want a dick back. Dick back, we want our dick back, we want our dick back, we want our dick back. Which is something Tommy says to the mayor every night. Dick back, we want our dick back. I love that. Uh, a lot of these are hilarious because they know like their teams suck, Tommy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they just totally accept it. The worst teams chant the loudest a lot of times. Yeah, because I think that's the fun in it for them. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's not even in the game because soccer is so set up to where it's almost like college football in terms of one has recruiting, okay, and one doesn't have any semblance of a salary cap whatsoever. Yes. But there's just not an even playing field within these for these teams, you know? And you can see it in, like, Man City who – we're kind of a laughing stock, and then some rich, like, shake guy bought them, and now they're like a world class organization, right, Tommy? That's how it goes. I think that's so, but like, it that sucks, to me, honestly, that to me really takes a lot of the fun out of soccer. It doesn't have competitive balance. And what I love, you know, Europe is socialist, right? What I love about the NBA and the NFL is that hard salary cap creates an even playing field where the smaller market teams can at least compete, and it makes it like a real league. Not like that. That's not fun. It's tricky also because it's not a contained country like it yeah. is in the U.S. You so have the Champions League and all that. If you put caps in in England, then they couldn't compete with like Spain and Italy. So I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, no, I get that. But, you know, and the NBA is going to be headed in that direction as well. It's going to be a global league. When I'm, you know, 20 years from now, when I'm even balder <laughs> um, and, and, you know, grayer and wrinklier, there's going to be, you know, the London Benz and, you know, the the Barcelona Real Madrids of the world. Those are all going to enter into professional playing, man. I think there's just going to be so much talent that f- basketball is going to head toward a soccer-like model uh, in the future. So I'm really kind of interested and worried for my Pacers in terms of <laughs> where that goes. But... In terms of this, it is a lot of fun, man. These guys have just conceded four goals, and they're, <laughs> and they're Leicester, and they're giving the team, other, the other fans, shit 
because they've only scored four goals. <laughs> How shit must you be? You've only scored four. I love that. Those guys win. That's how you win. Kids, if you're getting bullied, always go to the self-deprecation. Uh, Don't listen to, what's her name, Hannah Gadsby? Nanette. Yeah, oh, man. What's yeah. wrong with self-deprecation? I never got that. And there's like there's more forms of humor than just self-deprecation. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm so weary of the limitations of self-deprecation. Fine. There's a lot harder. Those are like the easiest jokes to write. There's so many harder jokes to write. But anyways. Um, the, other, the other beautiful thing about it is in soccer, you have these cup competitions where like Manchester City, who has all too this many money, cups. You're playing for four cups. In but the, the great weekend. the great thing about it is Man City might have to play a team that's like three leagues below. Right. Maybe they only have a stadium that seats 5,000 people and the best players in the world have to go to that 5,000 seat stadium and get abused by the fans. I love that. I actually do love that part of it. But, you know, there's no off season in soccer and it's so convoluted because there's no set season, meaning like here in the U.S., we would have the NBA season. Right. Which ends with the NBA title. You know, but then imagine if there was like a Midwest Regional Championship trophy, <laughs> you know, then a Global World Trophy. And all those seasons were going on at the same time. Like, uh, like I watched that All or Nothing with Man City. They're playing for like an FA Cup on Friday, a Champions League on Saturday, and another Cup on Sunday. It's insane. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But I, this is also Sean Joshi Theory Alert. If you listen to the show, you love the Sean Joshi Theories because I'm never wrong. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, Sean Joshi theory alert. I think that's why soccer hooliganism is kind of out of control. If people don't know, soccer hooligans are closer to like street gangs or organized crime in some instances, especially Central, Eastern, and Russia, Europe, and Russia. Oh yeah. Uh, then, um, then they are just like fans, you know, or team fans or something like that. Uh, they never have an off season, so they never have that period where they refocus their life <laughs> you know like even fireman ed you know when he's not in the stands going g-e-t-s and it's not football season he has to be a normal person and go to like cookouts and shit you know and he can't wear that shit to the cookout they'd be like yo what the fuck are you doing ed be get out person. of that shit <laughs> you know so these guys never have an off season so their whole lives become this yeah but uh, especially like I feel like sports fandom is more concentrated in Europe towards soccer, whereas in the U.S. there's all these options. It's very tribal there because it's like literally your neighborhood. So there's an off season and you'll be a fan of another sport. Right. Whereas right. over there, there's not as much of an off season. I mean, there's like the summer. Thank you for but... repeating the point I just made, Tommy. <laughs> Brilliant. But uh, no, I get what you're saying. But um. Yeah, so I love when the teams are terrible because <laughs> their chants are just, like, I think become the game. So this team, they're probably a small side, and they're away on the road, and even the fans are surprised that they're winning. <laughs> We're winning away. We're winning away. How shit must you be? We're winning away. Try not to sing that shit in your car. <laughs> like, forget Britney Spears and Ariana Grande. What do the kids listen to these days? 
Ariana Grande. What do they listen to? Uh, she's definitely a big name. What else? Is the kids. Florence. Freaking Selena Gomez. <laughs> Florence and the Hendersons. Is that a band? <laughs> I do not know. Or is that the mom for Brady Bunch? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm actually not that old. I swear to God. But um, but yeah, I also love when they find a particular player that they just hate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what was I know there was an instance where Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is one of the guys that a lot of people in America will probably know. He plays for DC United. Uh, but he had a scandal in which he was caught in English parlance shagging grandmothers. Do you remember? <laughs> and it wasn't just one. It was like multiple women over 70 or something, wasn't it? Something like that? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty unusual, especially you would consider you could get nicer looking girls than that if you're a pro soccer player. Well, t- how dare you age shame, Tommy? Whoa, whoa. You son of a easy. bitch. I won't be you back next come week. come <laughs> out of my podcast and you shame, age shame, ladies. Wayne Brody can... Wayne Brody. <laughs> Wayne Brady. It's a combination of Wayne Bruni, Rooney and Wayne Brady. Wayne Rooney can sleep with all the women he wants. How dare you oh, shame him, Oh, good for him. him I sir. mean, they need love too, for sure. They need love too. But... Uh, but so the crowd got hold of him and they started chanting uh, <laughs> granny shagger at him, which I just which I think is maybe the third funniest thing that's ever happened on the planet. <laughs> just a fat granny shagger. Fat granny shagger. What song is that? You're there's just a, a fat granny There's shagger. like five to ten dun, 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 songs that get reused dun, a lot. Dun, 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 dun. That makes sense because it's easy to repeat then. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are based on really old English songs that I don't even know. Well, no, that... Dun, 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 yeah, I'm not, I don't remember what song is, but it's a very famous song. That we sure use that when we say there's only ye- one People Arsene are Banger. yelling at the radios right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what that song... Or their iPhones or whatever the fuck this is. I know what that song is but anyways um and i guess this guy is a little bit cross-eyed or whatever (laughs) which you already know is gonna be funny so they chant at him his eyes are off sides (laughs) who is luis ozil luis ozil is he good i don't know oh he must be random so they're chanting this guy that is his eyes are off sides because he's (laughs) cross-eyed Oh, shit. Mess- he plays for Arsenal. Somebody should tell him his eyes are offside. He's one of my favorite players, yeah. That's hilarious. That's like, you know, there's some old jokes you can't get away with anymore. But, uh, you know, just in terms of history lesson, one of my favorite is uh, Don Rickles, you know, the one guy who could get away with it. He'd go into the audience and he'd be like, he'd find a person from Asia, right? And he'd be like, uh, uh, what's up? Are you, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this as Norm MacDonald. Are you Chinese? Person be like, no, no, and he looking and goes, he goes, well, you better get your eyes fixed, Ew. you know what I mean? <laughs> but you can't do that stuff anymore. Just like there's some of these chants that are <laughs> very racist, <laughs> like very, very racist. Do you want to hear a racist one? Um, me? I don't think I do. For Tommy, <laughs> who is requested to hear a racist soccer chant because oh European soccer is super racist. Here is here. Well, I'll let you sort it out for yourself. You can figure it out. Who's who's Adebayor? Uh, he is a striker. He's played for both Tottenham and Arsenal, which is like their arch rivals. So he's pretty hated in England. Apparently, his dad washes elephants and his mom is a whore. There you go. 
And we're the unrefined ones. <laughs> you could never do the racism they do in Europe over here. They fucking, like, invented it. I mean, oh, my <laughs> God, dude. And, you know, like, we had to kind of confront our racism. Like, I know our shit's kind of fucked up right now. But we had to confront our racism at some level. So, like, I feel like we were at least able to make some kinds of progress. You know, which they don't get over there. They just think we are the most racist motherfuckers and that they are so civilized. And it's like I've never encountered the public racism that I'd seen in Europe. You know, like at a local soccer game, they chanted black monkey to one of the players. Jesus and shit. Christ. It's like it's ridiculous. If you did that shit in the United States, you would get your ass beat in the mm. fucking stands and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. But um. But I was so funny. I remember talking to this English girl, and she was, like, so surprised. She's like, really? You think race relations are better in America? I was like, we don't have stadiums full of people chanting shit like that. But it's crazy. Are these funny to you, Tommy? I think I got one more here. Yeah, you I like, like these? I mean, like this, these? Is, this is my fucking corner. Yeah. Okay, so here's one. Is there a guy named Kitty at a small club? Kitty? I'm not, I'm not sure. All right, this is my favorite chant. This guy's last name is Kitty. And I think just for that fact, K-I-D-D-Y, they accuse him and his family of being child molesters. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> or incestual. <laughs> that is so great. Your sister is your mother. Your father is your brother. You all fuck one another. The Kitty family. No wonder this is the country that produced Shakespeare. Oh, man. Have you heard <laughs> such great lyrics like that? Not since James Baldwin and Langston Hughes have I heard such beautiful, such beautiful verse. Poetry. Poetry and verse. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but that's actually the original song, and Adam's Family is yeah. based off of that. <laughs> I love. Let's go to the news this week, Tommy. What do you have for us? Oh uh, shoot, the news. Let's see. NBA training camps open this week. If you think Halloween and Christmas decorations come early, opening tip-off is less than a month away. Holy shit, that is so crazy. I'm not ready. Like I have to mentally prepare myself for NBA season. You know what I mean? It's just like ugh, I'm not ready for it because I get into that shit from opening tip-off. You know, like, I like to watch the storylines develop, the rookies, the teams. I love watching every game the Pacers have. That way it becomes like you're almost following a novel. Like, each each season has its own storyline and shit. And I think that's what people really dig about baseball, the old baseball heads. Like, it's harder to do that with football, American football. You know, I love having a Tuesday night game at 730 to watch on the TV. That is so great. But... uh so they're getting back into training camps, and they have NBA Media Day, which is always a gigantic waste of time. But one thing that uh, stood out was ornery Kawhi Leonard, who looks so not happy to be in uh, Toronto. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard's going to be great. You know, at the time he left, a lot of people said he's the best two-way player in the game. But I would be very cautious. Uh, not with Kawhi. I said Kamaro, With Kawhi. Okay? Anybody who does not fit into the Spurs system, you should be immediately wary of. You know, that's like if somebody goes to the Patriots and flames out, you know? So I don't really know about Kawhi Leonard. He's just kind of a weird guy, and I have a feeling he's terrible for your locker room as well. 
But here's a here's a moment where we get a glimpse into the human Kawhi Leonard and his very human laugh. And what would you like people to know about you? Uh, I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> the least fun way to say that. That's, I'm sure that's what it says on his Tinder profile. I'm a fun guy. Like he looks so sad, man. Like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. Like I've never seen somebody so sad to be in in Toronto. It could be Poland, right? Is in the early right 40s. City? That's the look he has on his face. Oh it's God. it's nearly as cold, you know. See, I love the game of basketball. Um, I love the game of basketball. I mean, it's just more question you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't. What a response is that? <laughs> There's more question you got to ask me for me uh, to know what to tell you about myself. I feel like I'm on a bad date with Kawhi Leonard right now. Like, I hope this motherfucker at least pays for dinner for making me sit through all this boring shit. Can't give you a whole spill. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that laugh? <laughs> That's not even a joke. I have a feeling Dwight Howard and Kawhi Leonard should hang out. Each other. <laughs> that sounds like the first time he laughed. It sounds like the first time ever in his life. Programming, human input, emotional control. <laughs> input, Painful. laugh, application. <laughs> Recalibrating laugh. I sound like a weirdo goober. There you go. Yeah, like he's like a. He sounds more like a Westworld robot or something. You know, you look at the personality on this guy. Maybe he should be Miss USA next. I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> the other guy who has no fucking personality, which is surprising because his dad is like out of his fucking mind, is Lonzo Ball. Yeah, like it's been an awkward NBA preseason or pre-preseason. Um, and I think this is my favorite awkward moment. Like I think Lonzo Ball just may be really dumb. You know? Like here he is talking about when he got his girlfriend pregnant and now how not happy he was. But it's not even in like a self-deprecating way to overuse that word. It's just like, it's like, okay, Lonzo. Listen here. Here he is being asked about his future kid. Um, you know, just seeing her born kind of hit me. You know, that was the first time I was like, when uh, my girl was pregnant, I was like, uh, but then when it finally got here, it was for sure crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, uh, but when it finally got, I was like, for sure crazy. I mean, I haven't seen her for two and a half weeks. I assume she's still there, but yeah, for sure crazy. Damn. Yeah, meanwhile, we're going to get into some NBA stuff later. Any more news, Tommy? A uh, little bit more news from the football world. Yeah, my most hated franchise, Manchester United, is having trouble. Paul Pogba, their biggest star, is threatening to leave after Jose Mourinho is being disrespectful to him and saying he'll never captain the team again. Tommy, didn't we do enough fucking soccer? Did, are you kidding me? I thought this could be a soccer episode. No know. more soccer, man. Oh, I mean, <laughs> how much soccer can we talk about in one day? Who's it? Pogba, Mourinho. I thought you were coming over. The podcast coming over is going to be mostly about this now. <laughs> no, Mourinho is the thing with about those soccer guys. They're all divas, man. And <laughs> Mourinho is the biggest diva, like out of all those managers. Hate him. You know, like, and they get in these weird personal things with players. Like, I like that Pep Guiradola guy. 
Guardiola. Well, I don't care. I will <laughs> never say his name right. All I know is I have a Prime uh, subscription now, thanks to the wonderful Sheena Joshi, and I watch every All or Nothing there is because they're amazing. <laughs> so I was watching All or Nothing Man City, and that Guardiola guy, yeah. how do you say his name? Guardiola. Guardiola. Don't care. But, uh, <laughs> dude, he's like the best manager. His teams win like 18 in a row, 19 in a row, but I guess the knock on him is he can't win in Champions League because his style is too aggressive, and that doesn't work in Champions League, which is the same thing they said about football in England, but he sure showed them, didn't he, Tommy? Yep, that's true. He's really good. But he, he just recently lost in the Champions League again, right? Uh, Yeah, he, he has Look won. at me. Now I know more about soccer than Tommy does, people. <laughs> But uh, enough of that. I want to talk more about Tiger Woods, specifically a shout out to my dude, Trevor Smith. Trevor and me have been holding down the Tiger Woods fort forever against a uh, lovely douchebag who goes by the name of Andy Gigax, who has talked shit about Tiger for many years and said he would never Never, never win a tournament again. And I think uh, a lot of friends <laughs> kind of have moments or bets like that that go on over the years, and this one finally paid out. So, Andy, I have a message here from Trevor. It says, eat boogers, you fucking chode. So there you go. Here we are. And we are going to play this Fanatics out with Tiger Woods, top five golfers of all time. And if you aren't fucking stoked after you listen to this, I don't think you have human blood running through your veins. See you next week, everybody. Here's Tiger. My all-time Mount Rushmore of golf. Okay, well, Barry Sneed, Jones, Nicholas, me. <laughs>